0: The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using promo code RTRS. Brought to you by BodyBio, supplements for a healthier life. Get 20% off your entire order. Your entire order at BodyBio.com with code RTRS20. And Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter. Here we go. Oh, there you go. Statesidevodka.com. Now, I did bring my, my Surfside tea and vodka, but truthfully... I'm just going to go with the black label bourbon, and I brought a spindrift. As this well. is this is delightful, isn't it's it? Really, it's a delight. Isn't isn't it just sweet enough? Yeah, you know, it's like a light sweetness, and not having the carbonation, which they talk about all the time. I was like, what big? This is not a big deal. It's nice not having the carbonation. It tastes more like actual tea that way. On the show today, big show. Sixers win five in a row. Joel Embiid wins the Atlanta Hawks Memorial player of the month award. Dan Burke is everybody's new favorite coach. The Sacramento Kings are making players available. Daryl Morey is making his list bigger. But most importantly, our very special guest, J.R. Maley, director of investigations at The Century. Find out more about that. Will join us to break down everything he's learned and found about color star technology. And Mike, shocker, it ain't great. Hmm. Not that good. Um, Before we get going, two things. First of all, I've mentioned on Twitter, and I will only mention one time on the pod, we do have one sponsorship position available for 2022. Oh, wow. One one sponsorship position available for 2022. So if you would like to be a sponsor of of the Ricky, it means you will get your picture with L.L. Pavorsky Jeweler and your business will succeed forever. Uh, Spike at rightsrickysanchez.com. And a non I'm going to pose this to you, Mike, to think about and to the listeners. A non sponsored thing, but it is a small business in Philly that I think is great. Kismet Bagels is a husband and wife bagel team that started during the pandemic and they blew up. They are fans of the Ricky. They make great bagels and schmears. I said to them, how about we do a Ricky bagel, a Ricky flavor bagel? They're totally all about it. They are like, what is a Ricky flavor bagel?
1: Sounds like it would taste weird.
0: Yeah. So I said, an everything bagel without the sesame seed. And we call it the Zaire, which I, I was, mm. was my, is, is it an idea. But we're looking for ideas. Kismet bagels in Philly. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful products. I but, feel like uh, that's a Zaire bagel then. Yeah, that's what. You would yeah, want, yeah, a, a you want a Ricky bagel, right? Ricky bagel. Yeah. So think on it. Think on it. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef.
2: Y'all. We were right, even when it went wrong. We were right, we was right, you We were right. So say the name, say the name. We were right, you We were right, even when it went wrong. We were right, we were right, you We were right. We right, we right. Say so say the name.
0: Welcome to the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin. And finally, the mic has returned to the Ricky. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone's top five favorite mic, Mike Levin.
1: He's back. He's doing there a podcast. He, he no longer has COVID symptoms. There you go. It's good. Back in LA, was stuck in the bedroom of, in my parents' house for a very long time it was a really terrible trip
0: of all places to get COVID,
1: wouldn't recommend it yeah um but nobody else got it nobody else in my family got it isolation worked And i was in there i was up there watching basketball
0: watching movies going crazy eating soup there drinking tea well but we're back congr- congratulations on uh on getting through it and not infecting any of your family members welcome back it uh you unfortunately i know you were you broken up about this you did miss the reviews pod that we did live cj had to sit through that the first person to ever live sit through the reviews pod won't apologize my role in that podcast is to not be present for it (laughs) so
1: i that was a non-covid illness missed game that was a separate reason and the reason is i don't that's not that's not a podcast for me that's a you podcast
0: Right, and then thank you to Derek Bodner and Trista Crick for filling in for you over the weekend. And then, and then last night, you got stuck at work. So here you are, ready to go, baby. Ready. We're to go. back. We're Sixers back. This is one, five in a row? Five in a row. Five in a row. Joel Embiid, Player of the Month for December, looking as good, I would say, as good as he ever has. I that's right. The, for me the best part of it is is grab and go joel is like somebody told him hey we're we're like last in pace you know you can do this and he just fucking looks like he decided to did it do it i don't know where it came from it's wild
1: yeah i mean he's he's incredible he's they were he was second in mvp voting last year could have won had he played more games um and he just keeps getting better like the situation around him, Will, has improved in some ways and uh, gotten worse in some ways. But he himself has just improved different areas of his game. Like him in transition, it it's just really unique. Like he's obviously not Giannis. Like he's never going to be that like fast and elusive and stuff. But like he now can do a facsimile of those kinds of things. Like grab and go like the distance and not just do the... Well, I'm just gonna. Defenders try to take a charge from him, him, and he has several games in a row just sort of elided them. Yeah. And as they're standing there looking so, you never look, you never look more stupid on a basketball court. People talk about like getting posterized and stuff. I think you look way more dumb when you try to set a like sit there for a charge, and no one runs into you. Uh, i think you look like such a fucking loser do you know what um, it looks like
0: it looks like when you're in the crowd at a baseball game and you think the foul ball is coming toward you and you make this face and it really is just a pop-up that's yeah yeah
1: or fun. or even when you're sitting behind on plate and you and you <laughs> think it's going to hit you in the face and it's just like there's a net there like relax but yeah, i get that yeah. but you look like more of an idiot when you do it on a basketball court For so sure. and he's now just like gotten so agile in moving by them and slowing down like I think there were, the past couple of years, it was like, man, he's not as bouncy as he used to be um, on offense. And he's playing way more, just like to low to the ground and using that. But I think he's now using that to his advantage. Part of it was bec- before because it's like you don't want he doesn't want to put that much pressure on his you know feet and knees and stuff and back. Um, it's like you don't want him landing that much, and he still does on defense when he goes up for like big chase down blocks and stuff. But offensively, like really not that much. And now it's just like he's he's got that like you know, Luca style slow down Jim. I mean, Jimmy Butler does it all, like other, the, the really good offensive players that can just like slow their momentum down, decelerate harden, harden and like, yeah. and score with that. And it's really impressive. He's just, he's just incredible. Um, it's just and a while. It has been an incredible month and he deserved to win. Like he's been the best player in the NBA in the past month. And and with when guys around him are, are not that good.
0: Yeah. It's just a so wild that it popped up in the middle of the season. Yeah, the transition thing and the the passing has been that's right, has been almost like he's playing at a different like with with players at a different level. He he looks like a grown up playing with kids sometimes the way he's passing the way that the way that Andre Drummond thinks it's going to work out all the time. It seems like Embiid is actually seeing those the he's. It's just, it feels like it f- fucking came out of nowhere. It's like he caught super COVID or something and he came back and he, like, he learned all this shit. It's it's crazy.
1: Yeah. I, there's a couple other players that I want to talk about this with, but, like, it it, it has taken guys time to adjust to life without Ben full-time. And I think... Sometimes you saw the worst parts of that as they're like struggling to get things going, struggling to get easy shots in transition, moving so slow, like all the stuff that I've talked about a million times. But I think working through those has improved kind of everybody's creation abilities and passing abilities and 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 looking for guys. And I think Joel obviously thinks the game at such a high level, but also obviously his his body type is um prohibitive for him to do some stuff like he's mm-hmm. never just going to be like the fastest guy out there um and he's just like so big and bulky sometimes he can't do everything but he he's has never going to be a, the
0: fastest guy out there except on the sixers except where... on the sixers that's right he <laughs> is the fastest guy on
1: the sixers uh and he but he's just improved as a like he's, he's passing guys open he's seeing guys in the corner he's really improved his vision in a way that like i don't think people necessarily myself included thought that he could I think it was like, he's, he's never going to be like the most intuitive pass in the world, but he's starting to really like see the game and think the game at a higher level for for other players. Um, and that just bodes well. That just bodes well for when he's in a long playoff series and, and defenses start throwing different looks at him of like, okay, we're doubling from this side, we're doubling from that side, we're playing one-on-one, we're playing help, like all the stuff that he's going to do, he's going to have to like process that faster. And, you know, ideally, you know, we saw in that Brooklyn game, him and Maxi working at a, at a high level, which is great, um, before Maxi went out with COVID. Um, but ideally, there's going to be other guys creating on this on this team going forward and, you know, a hopefully a long and successful career for him. But him being able to do that, like, we've just seen it too many times in the playoffs where, like, okay, they have to stop Embiid and nobody else can do anything. And if Embiid is, like, I can score on myself and I can get guys open, like, and I can really think that level, that is just a very optimistic he really lends a good sense of like we're not as far away because of how good he is if they make a couple moves and 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 get the guy here that needs to be but he's he's just been he's carrying this team i'm not like super optimistic about the state of the sixers generally like i still think that they're not that good the fact that they had to you know they're still missing guys but going down to the wire with orlando is not a good sign um and there's guys that are just you're frustrated by etc but when you have Embiid, everything—that's that's the only thing that matters—and he's continues to improve, and he's so special. And I'm—I hope that they can build a winner around him uh, some point soon.
0: Joel Embiid's Player of the Month award is brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their new Surfside Vodka Soda. Look at that cool can! It's a cool can. It's a. I love the colors looking, of it. Oh, it's fucking good. Love this T-shirt. Give me a T-shirt, Clement Eddie. Come on. Stateside Vodka with iced tea, just a few, a little bit of Splenda, just like, I think three grams of Splenda, just barely sweet. Oh, it's great. Not carbonated like its counterparts. It has no counterparts, only 100 calories. Its counterparts have like 200 calories. You can only get it at statesidevodka.com. Uh, yeah, and he's so and rolling more. And he's rolling more. He is rolling
1: more. Yep. It's, he's still like not great at it, but you can see him making a point to do it.
0: Yeah, and it, I don't know that he'll ever be great at it, but he—you can see it doing things. He's so big and so so intimidating. Yeah, to the defense, it just it you know creates space when he does it anyway. Absolutely, I want him to just like
1: get on like one Zoom with Rashawn. Like he used to watch white guys shooting to like improve as a on YouTube to improve as a shooter. Just like watch some Rashawn Holmes tape,
0: and then be like, okay, that's
1: what I can do. Also, I'll do that. Seems like he can inherit those skills if he if he wanted to and decided to.
0: The last couple of games, the biggest moment the biggest thing for me has been the return of FERC. In that when I had Derek on, one of the last things I said is like, hey, is Ferk ever going to be the Ferk we had for the first couple weeks again? And he said, sure. And then he'll be this FERC again. But the 25-point FERC explosion against Brooklyn, and then the FERC game against Orlando, he did cut his hair, but I have missed him. And he is, he is one player that when he's playing well, boy, he seems so much better than he actually is. Like, I yeah, buy I mean, into he, him better, more than I probably should when he's
1: playing. No, ball. he just has to be hitting shots. Like, it's just... I, I love i love how much he's added to his game as a ball handler, like playing, you know, plays point guard on the Turkish team. We They talk about that a lot. And I think he's improved his another guy that has done a better job of like decelerating around the rim like not that he was accelerating that fast to begin with but like slowing down and and playing composed rather than like firing the ball off the backboard like he can finish around the rim nicely in the same way that niang does um but none of it matters if he's not hitting shots like all that stuff is window dressing yeah but he has improved those areas and those helpful when when he's hitting shots he does become like holy shit he can hit he can go four for nine from three and also, like, find guys and and attack uh, attack a closeout and manipulate the defense and throw a lob. Like, he he can do those things, but none of it matters. Sort of similar to what I was saying before about like life without Ben is none of that stuff matters unless he's hitting shots. He's not gonna. He's just not like a lead ball handler in that way. But if the shot is going in, then all of a sudden he becomes very good. It's, it's kind of as simple as that. But like, he keeps improving uh, as like a creator, and that's a nice like secondary piece. But only if he's. Making shots and and shooting them quickly, which like he's kind of stopped doing that for a little bit because he was in such a deep funk. But now he's back to hitting hitting the shots quickly, and that's huge for the team.
0: Mike, we're doing the pod live on YouTube, and in the comments, they're begging us to talk about the Embiid and Drummond minutes. Which sure, Sixers six had a I think plus sixty net rating with the Embiid was, and Drummond. It was like minutes four minutes, eight. yeah,
1: four minutes of game time. Doc Doc did it, and you felt like. <laughs> He's been waiting to do this for oh, so yeah. long. There was one possession that happened earlier in the season for like a rebound, but this was the first time it's like they're playing together. It's happening. Um, it's It was weird. It's great. It worked against the Magic. The Magic are a team. They also play a bunch of bigs sometimes together. So it's a team that it could work decently well against. I don't know how well it will work otherwise, but there's something nice about this is a really poor rebounding team. Drummond has been more impressive defending the perimeter than I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. Um, because of because he's active. And I think in like 15 minutes spurts, 20 minutes bursts, like he's able to use his energy more. Whereas like for like 38 minutes or something like that, he gets sort of lumbery. Um but he uses his hands well. He's got long wingspan. He anticipates. He, he like he knocks the ball out of ball handler's hands a lot. So it's nice to like when that happens, it's not like it's you know Seth Curry in a medium sized ladder. Trying to rebound behind them, it's it's Embiid, and so it's kind of nice to have that a little bit. Have there, regardless of who goes out, there's some level of um, you know a, a failsafe of of rim protection and rebounding and stuff. Offensively, I, I don't really see it long term, <laughs> but uh, if you know if other guys are hitting it, shots, then it, then it makes it I, It's a it's an interesting look. I don't think that it's a anything that'll go for any. Long length it's, of time.
0: It's the orleans Okafor pairing we were promised. We we're finally <laughs> getting that we. we no Nerland's Embiid.
1: Nerland's Embiid. They played eight minutes together. That's crazy that I remember this is stuck in my head. But like they never tried it. It was like don't try it because we we don't want it to work. And it would have worked.
0: Oh God. I think we got to talk about.
1: And Drummond was good. He was good last night, and he's. I, I. It's the same thing we talked about with Dwight, where it's like he can, if he can improve a little bit on like actually, hey, I have a small. Under me, I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get position, I'm gonna seal, and I'm gonna have an easy bucket. Like it seemed like it happened a lot last night.
0: You know, while we were talking about Embiid, I did not look up his MVP odds to see if they have changed at all. Let me go to futures at uh, DraftKings Sportsbook in the app, which is our our presenting sponsor. MVP Embiid still plus four thousand. He is sixth behind Curry, Durant, Antetokounmpo, Jokic, and DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan is not winning the fucking MVP. Don't put money on DeMar DeRozan. He's playing great. He's not winning the MVP. And Bede has a better shot than DeMar DeRozan.
1: I don't know that I agree with that.
0: Oh, come on.
1: I think DeMar, if they finish a top two seed, I think Brooklyn's guys will eat each other's votes. I think if, if Giannis is out for like any somewhat length of time. Brooklyn's guys are going to eat each other's votes. Nobody's voting for Harden. He's been really good, though. He's oh, been really good they, lately. They, he's is, been very good lately.
0: Oh, my God. I, I
1: personally could never vote for Kevin Durant with, with Harden playing as well as he's played the past like month or two.
0: If DeMar just it's DeRozan like,
1: it's just not fair.
0: wins the MVP, I will get a DeMar DeRozan tattoo on my ass.
1: I don't think I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying Embiid is, it's, you know, to, yeah. DeMar is better than Embiid or anything. I'm not saying. And he's certainly not as important to his team. But I think if Chicago is a top two seed, <sighs> two or three maybe, and, and and Embiid is, the Sixers are like, you know, five or six, then I think it's, unlike, it's more likely that it's DeMar than it's Embiid.
0: We've hit the final week of the regular season pro football, college football national championship coming up. DraftKings Sportsbook has a great offer. Get all fans in on the action. New customers bet $5 on any football team to win their game. If they do, you win $200 in free bets. So, come on. 5 bucks on any football team to win their game. If they do, you get $200 in free bets for new customers. Also, same-game parlays on DraftKings Sportsbooks. I think I might do that this weekend. I've yet to do it. I'm terrified. No, I did one same-game parlay, and I was a Jalen Rager touchdown catch away from winning it. But I'll do another one. <laughs> I was just simply
1: one Jalen Rager touchdown catch away. That's which could have happened any time.
0: (laughs) DraftKings Sportsbook, I love it. As soon as you deposit your money, it's in there. As soon as you withdraw it, it's out. It's safe, secure, reliable. We love them. Download the the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code RTRS. That $5 on any football team. college or pro win 200 bucks in free bets if they're victorious. That's promo code RTRS this week. DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, PA only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The numbers say Tobias Harris finally had a pretty decent game against the Magic. There were some bunnies missed down the stretch we didn't get to talk about his i'm gonna give tobias harris credit so he had there's a lot of booing he's played really Mm -hmm. shitty Mm -hmm. he did the don't clap when he hit the basket which was Mm -hmm. awesome (laughs) and then his comments in the the press conference yesterday when they asked him about it were just like pretty golden he's like you get so were jalen reggers by the way
1: what's that so were jalen reggers about the same thing Oh, There's yeah. Some Phil- Philadelphia small business needs to capitalize on like some booing. Like, you put them all in like a an ad together, like Tobias and Rager and somebody. Oh and, my like, god! Sell something.
0: Yeah. The, he he said basically, you're gonna get cheered sometimes, you get booed sometimes. Thought, what did he say? Something. I just got booed. It wasn't that big a deal, or something like that. I I don't know. He he gave a. I think sometimes when when players say that, it sounds like fan service. It sounded like you know legit from him. I thought it was a good answer that he gave when he got asked when he got asked about getting booed. He's I know people have said like uh, AU said he's just missing shots he normally hits and then there's people have talked about well maybe it's you know COVID. I, I don't know. He's he's just not that much different than he normally is. It's only like slightly below and it just shows how close he is to being not that good when he's good does that make sense no yeah i think like yeah. The, the 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 his shot diet
1: and time holding the ball is poor he makes bad decisions about those kind of things his natural habitat is faulty and when he hits those shots mm-hmm. those tough little leaners and step backs and, and like you know 19 foot contested whatever and if he's shooting like as well as you saw it last year, then it's like, okay, you can deal with that. You can be like, that's fine. He's contributing to winning even if he's not perfect and even if it's, you know, he has a lot of limitations. But when he's not hitting those difficult shots and he's not getting the line that much and he's not shooting as many threes off the catch and he's not a smart passer and he's not working defensively on ball or off ball, and he's not really rebounding that well, preventing him from being one of the worst remaining teams in the league, then he's really bad. He's really, really bad. So he has to be, he has to be good at those like uncomfortable in-between shots. Otherwise, he's an albatross. And Sixers Adam talked about um in his uh game report for for the website about that Tobias was making quicker decisions. And I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that he's making the Danny talked about like we're trying to simplify the game for him. And it's like, okay. But like I'm seeing him make quicker decisions like I'm no longer under the illusion that he's going to be some quick trigger Isaiah Joe shooter um, it's just not going to happen but just like don't stop the ball that's that's that is simply all I'm asking like fewer step backs fewer dribbling out of open threes fewer post up into a fadeaway uh, fewer like opportunities to just hold the ball and go one-on-one against whoever I don't want to see that like any possession that ends and it's a bias shot at this point Is almost pointless like but he he has improved as a passer in the sense that he is making the quick decision and and kicking it out to an open shooter and he and he has improved as a lob thrower he throws it to drummond a a good amount so like that's fine that's fine um but there's so many things he's not good at or refused to go to be good at like um, I've, I've lost hope that the idea, like, yeah, are some of his shots going to go in? Sure. But I think the process for them is, is so bad that like, I'd rather him just be like a downhill guy, a couple dribbles. Like he shouldn't be dribbling. He should be dribbling almost no time. So he, once he dribbles, he's like, I like the feeling of this. And he's going to try to like do it some more and like hold it in the half court for a while. It's, it's, it's bleak. It's, it's so, but like, you know, a nice game against the magic. He played 44 minutes. Doc in his first game back is like, he's in a, he's in a slump. I'm going to leave him on the court the entire time. Um, but, you know, this is what it is. This is the reality. And and all you can do, as AU said in, in his article, is like just wait it out and hope he starts hitting shots. But no one thinks he's going to like be a different player at this point.
0: We didn't really get to talk about how hilarious and nice it is how much everybody on the team loves Dan Burke. Given that our only connection to Dan Burke previously <laughs> right. was that he talked shit about Joel Embiid yeah, and yeah. Then we booed him on New Year's Eve in an Indianapolis. <laughs> it's it's pretty great, you know? Uh, yeah.
1: And and Embiid set the tone right when they brought him on of being like excited to see, like, to get away with some shit together. <laughs> like, Embiid's, and Joel's just the man. It's unbelievable how cool he is, how great. Like... And he and he set the tone for that, and I think it's it's fun to see Dan Burke like be beloved. And I think any assistant coach, for the most part, gets to be the good guy in a lot of ways. Yeah, his backup um, quarterback. totally. And uh, it was but it was fun. It was like a nice. There's so many like l- lulls in the course of a season that you're just looking for like any storyline to be like that was a nice thing that could get me through like a day and a half of this team, and like that was good. That was a fun thing. But Embiid, I think, just Embiid sets the tone for this team, and him like giving a fuck and. Even when when Maxi was before Maxi got COVID, like the times when Embiid, him and Ma, him and Maxi are like jawing at each other and like post game press conferences and stuff, and Embiid's, like oh, yeah. kind of
0: Embiid's like you sucked.
1: Yeah, yeah like I mean, like I, this is what happens when you shoot three, is Like on the court, and Embiid like waving for Maxi to to go. Like you have a mismatch. Like go beat this guy off the dribble. I think there's a rep, Joel has a reputation of like wanting everything to go through him, needing the ball all the time maybe not being, like, the most supportive teammate, but, like, he does that. Like, he does, like, he wants his teammates to shoot. Like, you you see it when, like, Korkmaz gets hot. Like, Embiid loves it. Embiid wants Korkmaz to shoot every time when he starts getting hot. And it's cool to see that. And it's cool to see him, like, take take the position of being, like, more of a leader and for people to recognize, like, that's who he is on this team. Um,
0: he's, yeah. he's great when he's great, Embiid, because... He's really the only combination in the NBA of somebody who can be great and be hilarious and fun, like personality-wise. You know, maybe Curry can, but overall, there's just not a lot of people that share both of those personality traits that he has, which makes it so fun when he's good and also makes him such a target for fans and and other players when he's bad but it is so fun when he's good there's there's just nobody better he's a
1: singular guy and like cool that there were so many sixers fans in orlando and like they were pumping him up like Mm -hmm. he was pumping them up like it was wild yeah he's just a unique incredibly unique player i really don't want them to waste his prime because he's as you know he's the best he's the best
0: anybody else you wanted to hit on
1: i wanted a couple quick things I got to respect Danny playing 24 minutes and, and not recording the stat.
0: That's the Danny of the week.
1: The full Danny. It's yeah. really like the, the height of it. After he like went out and like defended Tobias again and was like, the fans shouldn't be booing us. We want, you know, we, we, you know, we know they care, but like we would like them to be nice. And it's like, all right, Dan, uh, maybe, maybe get a rebound, maybe get a floorboard. It was like one. Maybe just poke the ball out a single time, but it's fine. I love Danny; He's doing great. Uh, but very funny and perfect for Danny to like take Tony Snell's spot in like a bunch of zeros in 24 minutes. Yeah. Uh, um, I also love Isaiah Joe, man. He's great. Yeah. He's going to be such I, I a good role okay. player for a, a long time. It's
0: just like leg soreness. I leg
1: soreness scared me. Yeah. So- like, I also said it was like back of the leg. I don't know that, that, that that's uh, just an alarming thing, but he's excellent. And I, there was such a rumor for a long time before they drafted him. Like he was going to, they're like, they're going to take him at 20 at 20. Right. Um, no 21. Cause I, they took Maxi at 21. Um, and I was like, that's too early for him. He's like, he's not that good, but he's better. He would have been fine. To be, I'm happy they got Maxi there obviously. But like I was too low on Isaiah Joe coming out of college. Um, because I thought he was more limited than he is because he he really tries on defense. Obviously he's very small. But he tries on defense. He hoists threes he, like com- the confidence he shoots threes with is so great. Tobias has to be so confused every time he puts up a 3s Like I've never seen anything like it. Like the idea that you could just take a shot is crazy. He moves out of the ball like he has, and he does some creation and finishing. Like it's really nice. He's just going to profile as a really perfect role player for a very long time. And the Sixers have just like done a great job of finding those guys at, at the end of the first round and into the second for like several years for a very long time, and that's really nice.
0: Um, almost totally unrelated, except that he's a young player. Cole Anthony is fucking good. That guy's yeah. good. He was, he was
1: he was bad at UNC and he was bad as a rookie, and he
0: has taken such a leap this year. He's legit. Like, he's, he's really legit. really good. I um, was nervous. He was on YouTube big board. I think he was five or six or something. And after last year, I was like, ah, maybe I swung a mist on that one. Watching him, that dude is a legit NBA guard. Like, well, he, he just is, didn't
1: like. He didn't look like he could beat anybody off the dribble at UNC. And there was nobody yeah. else there. Like, he had very bad teammates that year. Like, he didn't look like he could beat his dribble. He dribble. He's not, like, a great, like, natural shooter. But, like, he's just improved and, like, gotten more lift on everything so he can elevate over people. And he just plays with, like, a tremendous amount of confidence. He's like, and, like point I think guard that's Gary not...
0: Trent or something.
1: You know? Like, he's... Yeah. I think that there's just not an, like. People talk about confidence, like like cockiness or something, but like all of these players are very good in the NBA. Like you have to be so good to be in the NBA. And then within the NBA ecosystem, in order to like be allowed to take the kinds of shots that you can take, you have to feel a level of confidence. Like I am empowered to do this. And I feel like there's a lot of guys that don't have it and some have it too much, but like the, the confidence to work through your mistakes and miss a bunch of shots and still take them and be good enough that you're still an efficient player and not just like, you know, bad Dion waiters is underrated. And and at least for me is how I, like when I evaluate, you know, players coming into the draft and he's just like, he's just good. And he just like scores and can do stuff. Um, We didn't mention Seth. I
0: don't know. who. And that's
1: what I want to talk about. Yeah. Seth was incredible last night. He He played
0: 12 assists, I think
1: 12 assists. Twenty points, seven rebounds. Like I don't, they, they need, they needed all, all seven of those. I am, I am really starting to hate Seth. I'm, yeah. I'm really starting to hate. Like he, he, played a great game last night. Like obviously they need him. Obviously,
0: but like he's a tough watch. Who's playing the best season of his career? And that's it's right. Still a tough watch. Yeah. That's right.
1: He is just so slow and <laughs> so small and so weak, and the combination of and they need him so much. And he's such an incredible offensive player despite all of those things. Like if he was even a little bit good at any of them, if he had any more traits that we could work into a skill, he would be the best player in the league. Like he is such an incredible shooter and he has vision, but even his passes are so fucking slow. Incredible. (laughs) So he's never thrown a hard pass. Every pass is like a nice little like (sighs) looping, like a little looper out. Over the shortstop's head, like there's never a line drive. It's always so he's not stopping anybody off the dribble. He's not being physical at all. He dies on every fucking screen. It's it is just really hard. I, I genuinely think that they should try to trade him. Like he's obviously they need like they need him very bad. Like they need him very bad. They'll be worse if they trade. Him. But like they're not winning. Wow, this is a surprise playoff series with how much of a liability he is in so many ways. When the defense tightens up in a playoff series. He's just not able to get as many things, but he played incredible last night. Like he's good. Like, I'm not saying he's not good. He's just like so many negatives that it, it makes me physically ill watching him sometimes. And I'm becoming like a zealot about how frustrating it is to see someone like, I'm just, I want to bully him for being <laughs> as slow and small and weak as he is. Like be an NBA player, like grow six inches, gain 30 pounds. Like be a little bit stronger. Like any of those things, be faster. Be somewhat fast. It's he's and he's so slow, uh, but he's but he's really good and he's got incredible touch and he's an incredible shooter when he decides to do it. Um, and it's just he, uh, it's a very unique, a uniquely excellent and
0: weird and borderline terrible player. He he does bring his own computer monitor on the road so he can game. That's a really? real play. yes, he does. He does. That's, I, you know, if you're going to do something, I, do it well. I saw a picture of him like getting off the plane or getting on the bus with a look like a computer monitor, and I sent a text message. I was like, "Hey, why does Seth why Seth carrying a computer monitor?" And uh, it was confirmed to me it's because he's a very big gamer. So we'll get to our our special guest in a moment. Also, I want to ask Mike something about CJ uh, that we discovered last night. I don't know if Mike saw; it. he probably didn't. But uh, before that, I want to talk about Body Bio. We talk about a new uh, a, a product from Body Bio we haven't talked about before that I think, Mike, you should be interested in. Body Bio is a supplement company. They're from South Jersey. We love them because they are a family owned, family operated company. But, and you might say, for supplements, is that what I want? Of course you do. You want a, a, a company that can move quick as science changes. That's what Body Bio is. They care about your cells, they care about two parts of your body most specifically. Because if you have a healthy head, healthy gut, you're going to be good. Gut health super it affects everything else in your body so i want to talk to you about butyrate b-u-t-y-r-a-t-e it's a supplement if you can take one gut, gut supplement forget about probiotics this is a postbiotic butyrate take butyrate um the rea- the thing about butyrate is your body does produce butyrate but it doesn't produce enough of it almost nobody eats the sort of food that would produce enough butyrate. So what you do is you take butyrate after you eat and it's a postbiotic. And the bloat, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take butyrate after you eat, take a couple pills after you eat, and you'll notice how bad you were feeling before. The bloat will be gone. You will be more regular. Your bowel movements will be cleaner. Which is something that we've talked about before. Very important. I don't want to get into the like the deep science of all this stuff, but your it's going to be less bloat. Your stomach's going to be like flatter. You're going to see the difference without that bloat, which is something that that I noticed, and um, and you're just going to feel better because your gut health will be better. Again, this is just a natural thing. There's like. No side effects to this thing because your body produces it. Butyrate, B-U-T-Y-R-A-T-E. Go to bodybio.com. Take sodium. If you're going to get any of them, there's a few different ones. Get the sodium butyrate. Go to bodybio.com. Use code RTRS20. Just try it. You get 20% off anything at the website. Bodybio.com. Use code RTRS20. Butyrate, B-U-T-Y-R-A-T-E. It is the one gut supplement you need. Mike, before we get to our special guest, you know, CJ and I, when we were waiting for you last night, we just sort of bullshitted on the pod for 55 minutes. And people in the comments were asking about tattoos, and I assume they were asking me, but CJ started answering as CJ has a bunch of tattoos. And I found out that CJ on his leg has a Mike Scott B, a Mike Scott hive tattoo on his thigh. Good job, CJ. What a nice thing. (laughs) Isn't that wild? It's like shocking to me. He's got five tattoos right in that thigh area, and one of them is a bee with a headband.
1: CJ in the hive. It's a cool... Yeah. I mean, it's always been a cool... Zaynab's always done a great job with us. Yeah, really
0: cool. it's, visually, it's great. It's just like it was stunning to me. I didn't know CJ was that deep into all this stuff. I've never known he was that deep in all that stuff. He's pretty deep. So, are you ready to bring our, our guest on? we okay to do that?
1: So, I, wanted, I do want to apologize oh, oh, to go. you that... Tyler Johnson is no longer right. on the team. Yeah. I think it was a great run. He was helpful. He was immediately Doc Rivers' favorite player. Got COVID too quickly.
0: Ended up hurting. He's now, now on the Spurs. Playing against him tomorrow night. Yeah. 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 But it was I think you got you got what you needed, I think. Yeah. He did not embarrass himself. No. He was he was exactly what I had hoped he'd be and if he was on the roster for a full year, I feel like we would have a Tyler Johnson game. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that we had the Tyler Johnson era. So thank you. Thank you for I that. I think
1: that's fair. And now they have Charlie Brown Jr., who yep. we actually saw at the Bluecoats night when I should have beat Chris Kumagay in a three-point contest. We saw Charlie Brown play for the other team. He was on the team that they played against that night. Uh, um, and he's that? a St. J- St. Joe's guy, wing, fun hair. Um, probably won't play, but... I like any, with these hardship things, they should just be giving out contracts to like local guys. Like Lynn Greer should be getting a hardship 10 day for the Sixers. Like, come on.
0: So a couple pods ago, we did a deep dive. CJ did the most work he's ever done on the pod about the Sixers new partnership with Color Star Technology. And this is a company that Defector then did a deeper dive, two sort of deeper dives on it. It was almost the first one. Defector did a great job. The first one was almost impossible to understand because it was so fucking weird. Mm-hmm. This is a company that is now a metaverse company that has an app that hires celebrities to teach courses, even though none of them seem to exist. Right. They have a CEO, Sir Lucas Capet- Capetian, that doesn't seem to like exist. Mm-hmm. When Defector did the interview they got this guy doug mentally who doesn't even seem to actually work for them and was surprised that they don't have an office and their email address on their website is a gmail and nobody answers their phone number Mm -hmm. um it's it's all so strange so
1: and no one can actually say like what they do no like what is what what if i wanted to buy something what would you buy from what would i buy what would i buy Right, the the press and that's release... normally to me like when we when I saw the press release because I get it emailed. Yeah, I got emails like Sixers par- par- partner with Colorstar or something, and I like scanned it and I was like, okay, business metaverse, digital something whatever. I was just like, this is what there's a billion of these companies, but there really is nothing to this thing.
0: No. And, you know, in the picture that they release of Chris Heck with this guy, it turns out the guy doesn't even work for Color Star. And then the the last thing. Chris Heck's so happy to shake his hand, though. (laughs) And so so the the, and then the last thing, uh, my buddy Alex, who works for KYW News Radio, was at the game the other night and for Pride Night and he saw they had the color star technology thing on the the ribbon that goes around the whole thing and he took a a picture of the logo and he said up close the bit rate the the the, the quality of the jpeg that they used was so low that you couldn't even read it like you couldn't even see it up close mm. <laughs> which to me speaks and i've i've gone through similar situations where they're like hey color stars thing on the ribbon starts tonight does anyone have did, any, did they send us the art? It's the like, no, they didn't art, send the yeah. art. Just take something off the website. And that's right. what they did. I'm sh- I couldn't be more sure. So I got an email from our, our, our guest, uh, whose name is J.R. Mailey. Could you uh, put him up there, Siege? Hey, J.R. Hey, guys. So J.R. Mailey is director of investigations for the Century. And he is also a Ricky guy. You may ask, what is the Sentry? Well, the Sentry is, according to their website, an investigative and policy team that follows dirty money connected to African war criminals and transnational war profiteers and seeks to shut those benefiting from violence out of the international financial system. And JR's job is to oversee the Sentry's investigations into those financial crimes and corruption linked to violence and atrocities. (laughs) <laughs> why are you here with us yeah so, I, so i'm wild
2: so yeah so i'm here in my personal capacity as a, a suffering sixer span um okay. and uh a ricky guy um i'm here because when i when i like heard cj's deep dive it was like it was like running into an old friend uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know it just sounded really familiar and um You know, there are a lot of red flags and alarm bells that go off. Uh, I just want to be careful, and we should all be careful. I don't want to accuse any of these folks of a crime. That's not our job as, you know, investigators at a nonprofit. Um, But there's definitely a whole lot going on that should receive a lot more scrutiny. And from, you know, the SEC, probably, you know, some law enforcement agencies and and regulators and so forth. Potentially Uh, the Sixers partnered with them man Jeez, louise you know what is more sixers than uh somehow making money off an unsuccessful company you know what is more sixers than that but Uh, even does unsuccessful company give
1: him too much credit yes
0: so (laughs) before we get into it i'd like to ask you about the century because i i was when you sent me the email i was like what the is this and i go on the website and it's an organization that is founded by george clooney
2: yeah yeah. So George Clooney is the a co-founder of the organization. Um, we've been around for about six years. Uh, he's been involved in Sudan and South Sudan in particular, human rights issues for more than a decade. Um, so uh, we were born out of another nonprofit that was more of a traditional human rights nonprofit called the Enough Project. And essentially, the 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 theory that that we had was. You know, there's lots of recommendations about peace agreements and you know UN peacekeeping missions and calls to stand down, but they weren't working. The policies weren't getting what we wanted. Um, and the, the common thread was that greed was really the barrier, that a lot of these things remain the way they are because uh, the people in power or people with guns make a lot of money off the status quo. Um, and to kind of bring things back to the, the process, I think our organization is, uh, it, it uh, values being disruptive. So we try and find creative, innovative solutions. We wanna find all the information we can. Um, and then we wanna find new tools to try and change the status quo. So that the people responsible for these financial crimes suffer consequences and that can build the leverage needed for systemic change. So um, it's like some of the coolest people you'll ever meet. We've got former fbi folks you know former intelligence folks investigative reporters bankers um you know lawyers uh just it's some of the coolest people you'll ever meet and it's like such a great team to be part of uh do you do you go over there like
1: do i go over over where do you like get like i don't know south sudan or whatever and like get in the shit, or are
2: you mostly like looking up their like footprint online so both i get in the shit as you as you say um so yeah i mean we we travel all over the world um i haven't been we haven't been traveling really for the past couple of years because of the pandemic mm-hmm. we have this like awesome team and group of investigators that are really good at finding just about anything on the internet when you see some of the things these folks find you like never want to use facebook or instagram or, or twitter again mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh you know it's 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 a mix so we we you know, talk to whistleblowers. We do good old fashioned investigative reporting, interviewing people. Um, We pull documents uh, off the internet. We do analysis. We, um, so we're kind of a uh, a interesting mix of people and we don't have one particular discipline. So depending on what we're looking at, there's somebody that has some expertise or that can lend a hand. That's cool.
1: Before we get into Color Star, you've proven your bona fides of internet stalking. Uh, and I always wonder this with everybody, but especially with people with weirder jobs, where is the weirdest place, the strangest place you've ever listened to this podcast?
2: Oh,
0: what a good question.
2: <laughs> um, I have listened to this podcast. I mean, I've listened to it in like four or five different countries, um, but uh, probably um, probably in in, you know, rural Ethiopia once I was definitely <laughs> listening to this podcast <laughs> so you're on the way
1: to like some important like yeah. investigative thing and like I'm talking about some two-way signing yeah. on the yeah. way you're like all right let me turn this podcast off so I, I always wonder about that I always wonder because I'm doing this now but then people are digesting it however they are and I'm like someone's taking a shit as they listen to this someone's like digging through trash, digging like through trash. whatever they're doing they're
0: doing it and it's just very the weirdest place yeah I mean that's that's the weirdest workplace what's up is throwing cuffs on some Sudanese warlord and he's like, you know, lick face. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so I was, uh, I was in London once and I saw somebody with a Ricky shirt and he was blitzed and I was like, are you down with TTP? And he kind of mumbled. Yeah, you know, lick face. It was the best thing in London, <laughs> in London.
0: Yeah. I like that. Um, All right, let's yeah. do it. Let's get so, into it. All right. So when when you when when you had sent me the email, you were talking about things that were familiar. And one thing that you mentioned is that that there were a lot of similarities or things that that reminded you of uh, pump and dump schemes. And I don't for anyone listening who doesn't know what that is. Can you describe what a pump and dump theme is unrelated to this specifically? But like, what is that?
2: Yeah, so the the classic examples of, of pump and dump schemes that people would know about are in like the Wolf of Wall Street or or Boiler Room, those movies. Um, if you remember Leo DiCaprio, like really talking up these stocks to, to just random people and saying, oh my God, it's the most amazing thing you've ever heard. Um, when really the stock was worthless. So you you buy a bunch of the stock at a really, really low price, the company doesn't have to do anything. And then um, you or somebody that you're working with or or, or some third party, does a bunch of work to promote it. It used to be just cold calls that people would do to to a bunch of seniors and pension funds and things like that. Um, uh, but now it's a lot more complex. So, like, you know, if you th- think that there's like a, a company that might be involved in in a scheme like this, just put their name into YouTube and you'll see all these, you know, crazy promotional. Buy now, this stock is going to soar, etc. Um, it's all over Reddit. I mean, there's it, it's different now, but it's essentially you know, artificially inflating the value of something and, and, you know, presenting false information and then selling when it's at its peak. Um, so that that's, that's pump and dump. It's uh, kind of the oldest trick in the book in terms of stock fraud.
0: So okay. when you see the thing from CJ and you're like, ah, oh, boy, there's a lot of familiar things there. When you go to look, what exactly are you looking for that, that gives you signs that things are not quite right. what yeah, is so, it that you're looking for? So I, I'm
2: not like a specialist in securities fraud. Like I said, our team does a whole bunch. And by the way, Color Star not related to war crimes in Africa. I haven't found anything <laughs> like that. Yeah. You know, this is just me as a very obsessed Sixers fan. And that's a um, pretty but, nice thing to say about them. That they yeah, have, to yep.
1: have to do with war crimes. And and you want, when you partner as an NBA team to, with a, with an organization, you would love,
2: ideally, for them to not have anything to do with war crimes in Africa. Yeah, you would, you would. Um, so, but what I want to know is, all right, who's the regulatory authority, or or what are the laws about uh, this particular type of issue, and are there authoritative, definitive red flags? You know, is there a kind of rubric or framework for what to look for? And you know, the SEC is the the Securities and Exchange Commission is the main uh, stock regulator in the U.S., um, and they, you know, have a bunch of, you know sort of investor advisories and things like that that'll say look out for the following things and you know I, I can rattle off a few that'll sound familiar to you guys um if you're if you're interested in the the sort of most interesting ones for me where i was like yep check 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 yes i'm um, very interested yeah so abrupt or frequently frequent changes in issuer name so abrupt changes in the stock name symbol uh, business model, abrupt expansion of the existing business model, especially to benefit from the latest trends. So that's one. Right. So, so you, going you would from say- like
1: ready mix cement, which is a tangible thing. You can feel cement to the metaverse, which is yeah. the opposite. There
2: were a couple steps in between, Mike, and they're a lot of fun. So stay tuned. Okay. All right, please. please. Uh, okay. So uh, engaging in recapitalization or reorganization activities, such as a reverse merger, a stock split, that appear to concentrate shares in the hands of a small number of shareholders who may be acting in coordination. So, a reverse merger, super complex, but it's important for this case. Um, Let's say you run a company that isn't profitable, like spikeeskin.com Inc. or something like that. I had that. And Yeah, and uh, it's publicly traded. It's listed on a stock market. Um, If you're not making money, the most valuable thing about the company is the fact that it's traded on the stock market. So, there are other companies that aren't publicly traded that don't want to go through an IPO because it's expensive, it's time consuming, and you have to disclose a lot of information. So, they'll engage in an agreement where the private company gets. You know, sells all of its shares to the publicly traded company in return for shares of that publicly traded company. So at the end of it, the private company now controls the public company. Um, and that's something that happened in this case. And, and I can talk about that a bit more later. Um, currently or previously a shell company uh, is, is one of the, the red flags. <laughs> um, hiring executives or control persons um, uh, who have a history of regulatory or criminal violation, or are associated with multiple low price stock issuers. Um, this is something that I didn't see right away, but I certainly looked for. And I'm not going to accuse any of these folks of stock fraud, but they have. You know, there's a bunch of people in the orbit of Color Star that have been accused multiple times of stock fraud. Um, so that's the biggest thing that popped out to me once I. Pulled some SEC filings, and by the way, this is all happening on Christmas Day when I emailed. It's like, <laughs> like the greatest thing. <laughs> um, yeah, my three-year-old was like, "Daddy, what are you doing?" Um, don't worry, I'm. It's very important. Yeah. Uh, I'm working, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, play with your choice. Um, so, so those are the big ones that popped out to I me. Mean, there are other ones that are that are important, but but you know, I don't want to list a bunch of esoteric SEC. Uh, uh, briefs to the the rookie listeners. Um, but, you know, so much jumps out. And then there's the company just doesn't pass the smell test. I mean, that's such an important thing. You know, when you see something that just doesn't make sense, but is getting, you know, lots of notoriety and you see glaring inconsistencies, you start to think, well, what are they trying to hide? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, so then in terms of just what I'm looking for, you know, those are the the, the kind of, findings I'm looking for. Then, you know, it, for something like this, just pulling every document you can to try and figure out who, who owns, you know, what's the history of this company? What's step by step, what's happened? Who owns shares in the company? Um, you know, what does it do? What's its financial situation like? And then every address, every person's name, every company's name, etc. that you find in those documents, just run them through Google and other databases, because then you start to see... Have they been involved in this before are all the offices just you know virtual offices or teleworking places uh, mm-hmm. and uh you know in this case there's a couple companies that ha- have like three awesome offices and a wonderful website but it's just it's just like you know another we work yeah
1: you would think like even just saying smell test like if there was someone accusing me of not existing <laughs> It I would pretty quickly go on a video or something and be like, actually I do. Actually
2: I do exist. Spike and, made me read a tweet uh to him. He's like, Can I, you take a picture, a video of yourself in front of today's newspaper just so you can show me who you are? Yes.
0: I, I did, did make it. him prove that he existed. That, that he was then, this guy. Yeah,
2: that makes sense. And it just it's just very bizarre.
1: Yeah. Like if, if if Sir Lucas Capetian existed at this point, even if he was some like whatever any there'd be something out there that'd be like, hey, like I do. And the Sixers having to release a statement saying, actually, we believe we he does exist, we believe he's in Europe, is just such like the person who re- the spokesperson who released that statement for the Sixers, like should should reorient, like consider their career path, the choices that they made that got there to be like, I I'm pretty sure they are in
2: Europe and like, certainly they exist. Yeah. Like, we're not supposed so to that we would, I mean, there's a one whose CEO doesn't exist. Yeah. There's one Ricky sponsorship left for the year. And what <laughs> if a company like color star showed up and was like, Hey, spike, you know uh, he wouldn't get past the CJ smell test. You know, we saw his deep dive. Yeah. So, you know, what is that? First of all, I mean, this company could be playing 3D virtual chess or whatever when we're all playing checkers. For for all we know, I mean, uh, but it it's not likely.
0: Um, so can 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 I ask when when I I mentioned to you that the the press release the quote in the press release read very like awkwardly and the the Sir Lucas Capetian thing is way off. You said it was all sort of like part of it. Like, what is the yeah, yeah. So, so, or am I jumping ahead? Well, I
2: mean, you're jumping ahead a little bit, but okay. I would say that these things aren't so straightforward. When I like, first of all, I don't know that this is a pump and dump scheme. I mean, it yeah. has the the, you know, a few red flags, but I'm sure there are a lot of things to do. Um, you know, a lot of times, in in they're called you know four one nine scams from the Nigerian criminal code of people who'd send you a a letter from a nigerian prince riddled with typos and right the typos were in part by design because if you if you like scrutinize something and, and filter it out because of typos you're probably not going to get duped by fraud um, but then there's also like weird schemes where you can buy stock in a company that's a really low price security but also short sell it at the same time so that when the price goes up you can sell and then when it plummets you can cash in on your short position and you can you can almost double dip on the the weird market manipulation that can happen, which is legal uh, though, right I mean, I think there's a lot of fine lines here. I think there there are certain things that can make something like that cross into a threshold of being illegal. like if you are coordinating and you know I think it's section sixteen D or something like that of the securities laws. Um, if you're coordinating with other companies and promoters and things like that to alter the price, mm-hmm. then it's not legal. You know, that's market manipulation. Um, so it it's you'll, it, a lot of the, the companies that are investing in ColorStar have been in tons of litigation, subject to SEC complaints, some of them. Um, but like some of the litigation gets settled or gets thrown out. And I, I've been through a lot of the records, and it's kind of like, oh, that's sad. There's this weird technicality where the case was just kind of thrown out, and it's not moving forward at all. So. Um, I say that as kind of a cautionary tale. This one seems like they flew a little bit too close to the sun, though. If I'm right.
1: That's, that's the thing. Like, I'm sure that that plenty of shell companies exist and they're, like, being used for whatever nefarious purposes they are. And they're, like, be, living in the shadows and stuff. But, like, deciding to partner with an organization like the Sixers, who has, like, fans... And like is invested in their Like the sports teams are like unique in that sense. In that like, people care about them. Like if they partnered with like Lululemon, like I don't know that people would be like, I gotta, I gotta dig this up because people are, there, there's not like even if you wear Lululemon, which I do occasionally, there's not I'm not like dying to like I'm not invested in their success or or any weirdness about who they're partner, right? Cool. Like it seems like flew close to the sun is exactly what happened. I just understand why they would do that.
2: So, so there's like a good reason for some of this, and I'll use a completely different case that I that I looked at a while ago. Um, uh, a lot of times when you get an endorsement from a celebrity, mm-hmm. um, that celebrity hasn't, you know, we get celebrities for commercials because people like celebrities and believe and trust them? But, you know, I don't think Shaq is an insurance expert, right, you mm-hmm. know, but he tells you to go to the general and save some time or whatever. Um,
1: provides some legitimacy, like, well, if Shaq is doing it, then it's, they got to at least have paid for Shaq.
2: And these, these companies necessarily do not have expertise in whatever field we're talking about. I mean, artificial (laughs) intelligence and the metaverse and a bunch of things. Um, An unanswered question when I don't have the answer to that I think needs to be answered and and reporters should ask the Sixers is how this came about. Yeah. Um, We can dive into that a bit, bit later. Um, But so, so, about six or seven years ago, I was looking at this case where all of a sudden a North Korean mining company pops up on the Australian Stock Exchange. And there's an announcement by a company linked to it that says that company has found the biggest rare earth minerals deposit in in the world in history. And there's all this sort of advertisement about the the prospects. Um, In that case, a bunch of fraudsters used a fake middle eastern shake to get control over a bank in london called first london they then got a promissory note from that bank to take over knots county fc a soccer team um, and then they got sven gore and the the soccer coach who was the the coach of that team to go to north korea with them along with like senior intelligence former senior intelligence officials from britain who they got to be on the board um and the mineral rights never really existed at all. I mean, it was all just false corroboration. Um, and that's, you know, this is an extreme case. There's a BBC documentary on it called The The Trillion Dollar Con um, that's really great, but that's exactly what happens in cases like this. These guys don't know anything about mining. You know, the, the folks in the Sixers don't know anything about the metaverse. I don't know if you can know anything about the metaverse, by the way. Like, um, But uh, it does make sense from the standpoint of, well, when you want to artificially induce some legitimacy from people who their brand
0: is for sale because that's what they do, it's fine. Just to take a a step back, because we mentioned Mike alluded to the fact that they were a cement company or something, and now they're a metaverse company, and you said that as a a sign of things. (laughs) This is a a ridiculous question. Do Do they ever do those things? Like did, did, were they actually a cement company and they, are they like, is, or is it just. And is the metaverse being? just like filled with cement? Like,
1: is that
2: <laughs> what the point of the metaverse is? You go in there. All the left in, in the cement. metaverse, the, the, the Hawaii shot doesn't go in. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: um,
2: so uh, I think they were actually a cement company. So um, China advanced construction materials is what the, the company was called at the beginning I think it was formed in like 2007 or at least existed from 2007 all the way up to like 2017, 2018, but it like racked up tons of debt. Like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the SEC filings say that like it had like the lawsuits against the shareholders that amounted to like $30 million in debt or something like that. And that they were, you know, they were suffering losses every year and then they enter into this debt agreement with a company called Hu Sing International, where that company essentially, in exchange for debt forgiveness, um, worth like $6 million or something like that, gets control of a bunch of shares in the company. And um, they do that to get control over a lot of the company. And it's run by two folks, two people from China, and then one guy from uh, Myanmar, according to the, the filings. Um, and from there, the metamorphosis sort of begins in this company. Um, so that, happened in, that started in June 2018 when that, when that company took over. And then in early 2019 is when it starts to get fun, um, the adventure. <laughs> um, so a guy named Sean Liu and Lily Zhang um, become CEO and CFO uh, at that time. And that's when the sort of new management group of people come in. Um and the they don't really do much in 2019. I think they're, you know, who knows what was going on. Maybe, you know, maybe they were doing reorganization activities. That's when they start to list. Um, but in October of that year, they sign an agreement. They change the company's name, by the way, to Huitao Technology. And then they sign an agreement with this company called Sunway Kids. Um, and they're supposed to do like online education stuff and like like childhood artificial intelligence monitoring or something crazy like that. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, they sign a partnership with a company in Flushing to that. That's, you know, to do after-school programs and things like that. Flushing New York. Yeah. Queens. Um, and that sort of, uh, consummates in early 2020. Um, and then in March, 2020, they, they, get into an agreement to spin off the cement manufacturing portion of the company and sell it for like $600,000 to a million dollars the agreement was. Um, But then is when the hedge funds come in. Um, In March, 2021, the first share purchase agreement, and these aren't like the type of agreements where you can go and buy stock. These are really off market sales. private placements, and these are done in a really strange way that I hadn't seen too much before. A lot of them are through something called warrants, which is like you buy the right off-market to buy shares at a certain price in a future date. Um, so this company Intracoastal Capital pops up as a shareholder, and they buy, some, You know, the, depending on how you do the math, between 3 and 8% of the company. And there are more purchase agreements like that over the course of the year. But to spend a minute on Intracoastal Capital, it's a company based in Florida. Um, it's mm-hmm. run by two, uh, I think, American guys. One's name is Mitchell Copen. Um, interestingly enough, was you know kind of quasi involved in the twenty thirteen insider trading trial of Mark Cuban. Um, you know, was one of the people who testified. Mark Cuban, you know, all charges dropped, et cetera. Don't have anything untoward to say about that but it's an interesting nba connection um he that is an interesting he, nba connection yeah if you google um intercoastal capital um and just look up some of the litigation related to them you know they've been accused of of securities fraud or, or and they've also been linked to a bunch of companies that have been involved in securities fraud i i don't i haven't seen an actual conviction of them um uh but you know Mitchell Copen, one of the, the guys who um, owns the company, had a previous firm called Crancher Capital that was like fined two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, I think, by the SEC for misallocating expenses to the fund or something. The other guy is based in Chicago, I think, and his name is Daniel Asher, and he, in the late nineties, was suspended from uh, the commodity trading floor um, or you know banned or whatever. Right. So what
0: um, am I doing? Just like going to work. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like all these fucking guys, like what the fuck are they doing? I'm just going to work. Just fucking go to work. Get a fucking salary or own a business. What the fuck is this? Just go to fuck to work.
2: you know, for for all I know, so so that there are I then find some more companies. Their their names are Hudson Bay Capital. Okay. Um Anson Investments. Um and a few others that when I when I Google them, um, they all have kind of a lot of controversy is what I can say around them. They're in litigation, <laughs> as, or, a, as opposed to
1: everybody we've gone through so far. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, so
2: But but then the, the thing is that they I often find them investing in the same companies, in the same litigation, etc. You know, I don't I'm not going to assert that they're operating in unison or in coordination I was just really taken aback by how often I saw, you know, L1 Capital is another one, Hudson Bay, Anson Investments, Intracoastal, uh, there's a few others, um, and they all keep appearing in the same documents. And let me read, first of all, Hudson Bay is run by a guy named Sander Gerber, um, who's a major, major political donor and one of the investors in Trump's social media company, but let's not go into that one for now. Uh, Maybe that's a different podcast. Um, let me read something about a company Hudson Bay invested in, if that's okay. This was by uh, the Street, like the the um, financial news website that, that founded by Winmore's own Jim Kramer. Um, so it says Bitcoin may be speculative, but WPCS International, a tiny company near Philadelphia, touted as the first and only stock for investing in the Bitcoin sector looks like an even riskier bet. That's because the decision by WPCS to acquire a Bitcoin software startup called BTX Trader looks at best like a desperate move to save a struggling company that until last month was principally focused on businesses such as installing telecommunications cables in hospitals and municipal government offices. At worst, it looks like a cynical ploy by a pair of hedge funds to take advantage of the Bitcoin frenzy to create some excitement around the stock so Funds could get out from under, so the funds could get out from under a troubled loan. Um, that was 2014, um, and this is one of the investors that's in Color Star now. Um, another how, million, how many I, like compromised people had to sign
1: on to this formerly concrete company? It, it, to, you know, like, you know,
2: I, I don't before know. Before people like are, were suspicious. You know i i they may have figured out like an awesome way to make money off of companies where nobody's hurt whatever right like it's just so much smoke you know i can't mm-hmm. I can't see the fire it's just so much smoke anson investments though this was the one that this you know a couple of them really um got to me so um it's run by a canadian investment guru named moez kasim um a week or so before the Sixers partnership at NET was announced, Bloomberg reports that the U.S. Department of Justice has launched, quote, an expansive probe, uh, an imp- expansive criminal investigation into short selling by hedge funds and research firms, scrutinizing their symbiotic relationships and hunting for signs that they improperly coordinated trades or broke other laws to profit, um, according to people familiar with the matter, Bloomberg Fun said. Fun probe. Um, Well, yeah, I mean, then they say Toronto-based Anson Funds uh, is among the firms involved in the inquiry, right? So that's another one of these companies. Now, for all we know, these are just the Forrest Gump of hedge funds that seem to be adjacent to all the financial crime cases that happen to poke around about. But again, because the fact that the company is so shady, it's worth a much closer look. Um, You know, one of the next investors, like, uh, was... In September of 2020, this company, uh, GPL Ventures, it's a, a Delaware LLC, shout out to Adam Kasebi. Um, it gets into an agreement for, for $2 million to buy 3.1 million shares of color, of ColorStar. Um, uh, this is in 2020. About a year later, uh, the SEC has this to say about uh, GPL, the company, and Coastman, the, the guy who runs the company. Um, uh, GPL and the other defendants have been acting as unregistered dealers by privately acquiring large blocks of stock in approximately 140 microcap issuers, so small penny stocks, and publicly selling those blocks into the market for their own account, generating gross proceeds of at least $81 million um, as part of their ongoing dealer registration violations. Um, They're secretly funding promotional activity in microcap issuers whose stock Uh, They trade Um, the illegal conduct is known as scalping. Um, And this was a company called hemp Americana. (laughs) Um, So again, I mean, I keep seeing it, but then Mike, like this is the, this is the kicker. This is my favorite thing that I found throughout the entire. Wow. All right. So on February 1st, 2021, ColorStar enters into an agreement with Beijing Dongxing Yihe Cultural Media Company um, for a copyright acquisition. And they pay $3.1 million. Um, that's like a cash payment of $1.5 million. And then, you know, at 85%, 85 cents a share, 1.8 million shares. Um, and the copy of the agreement lists the copyrights in Chinese, and I translated them. Um, like I, I didn't translate the, 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 the copyrights, just the titles. Right. It says four script copyrights and the names of the scripts are love back to hometown, second sleep, arrows, battlefield, and happy game. And then there's one film copyright called guilty. Um, (laughs) they, so, so this struggling company, that's not turning
0: a pro Like it just, yeah, where do they get oh. all the money to do this stupid shit? Like, right. It's so weird. They're all of a
1: sudden buying the rights to... Ricky Sanchez, Sanchez. you know?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> um, so so this is what I want from you guys, though. If I can, above board, in any way, ever get a hold of one of these scripts, we're going to need a live read on the Ricky <laughs>
0: <script>. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Um,
2: yeah.
0: F- uh, free of charge.
2: I mean, there's a ton of other... So, so then, then there's the personnel involved. And these companies are buying and selling the stock over the course of 2020 and 2021. Um, But then, so March 30th, uh, 2021, March 31st, the board appoints this guy named Mr. Long Yi. Um, And all right, some fun facts about Long Yi. Uh, Number one, he used to be the CEO of a company called Urban Tees. Uh, it was a one-time bubble tea company that announced it was getting into the cryptocurrency mining game. Obviously, um, Sure. Uh, Naturally. Fun fact number two. That's a straight line from those two places. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, the company, which is now called Bitbrother, uh, has these investors, Anson Investments, Hudson Bay, L1 Capital, and Intercoastal, among some others that, that appear. Same folks. Um, he used to be... Uh, the CFO of a company called China Bat Group from 2013 to 2015. Um, A company with some familiar sounding names of shareholders, Anson Investments, Intercoastal Capital, Hudson Mm. Bay. Wouldn't you know it, that company, fun fact number four, had two class action suits for securities fraud in that time period. Who'd have guessed? Yeah, these guys have really bad luck. Really bad luck. So are the, I mean, are, are they just doing a bad job of hiding it or is like everyone like this or i, I don't know but i did did this over the course of like a holiday and yeah. I'm, I'm really wondering what happened with the sixers right i just <laughs> i need to know so much uh about you know like literally this was just going through every like i pulled up color stars sec filings i went through document by document and then i started googling the names that came up i did a little bit of other stuff too um but i mean that got me pretty far along the way here and it's just <sighs> and you don't so, expect like the sixers to do all that stuff
1: but like when spike maybe you would know this more because mm-hmm. i certainly don't but like when a when they're when, a, when like a company comes and like hey we want to partner with you and we'll give you money to the sixers we'll give you money to like put our logo on shit, and we'll do we'll come up with these things like that happens and like someone has to explain to their boss whether it's someone's chris Heck or eventually josh harris or somebody needs to be like what who is this company tell me what they do and so, if that's not happening then like i'm thinking that one of those hedge fund guys is like a pseudonym for josh harris and he's and
0: he's in on it like well, what do we I, like so let me just say as a as a you know the Business that I've worked in for 25 years has sold advertising, which is we can say partnership all we want. They're all the Sixers did was sell advertising here. They call it partnership, so everybody feels good about it, but they sold advertising. My guess is if somebody comes and says, "Hey, I got 150 grand for the the bronze package," and the bronze package is a picture with fucking Chris Heck, a a press release. Uh, gotta get that. Gotta get that picture with the Yeah, the ribbon in the venue, and this, that, and the other. And somebody's like, "Does how are they paying?" And they're like, "Ah, the you know, cash up front." A bag, right, bags of suitcases. Yeah, <laughs> I my guess is like, I don't know for sure, but my guess is this is a Sixers have some a big big clients. And like there's clients of every level. My guess is this is not a super big client, and they paid the cost of something that didn't take too much integration from the Sixers and they just fucking did it and nobody wants to say anything like and the, the, I don't think they do any fucking deep dives on anything. And that's the problem with calling things partnerships if you're not really a partner, right? Yeah if, if, if so. Just, if I'm that, partnering with a fake metaverse, then
1: like that reflects on if my girlfriend was in the fake metaverse, then like people I, we, I can't be like, we believe that she exists in Europe somewhere like I have right. to just estimate. And, and my other question is like, unless we obviously the Sixers fans are predisposed to <clears throat> dig into these kinds of things because the Sixers have had so many conundrums like this and can and, and they're drawn to this. But like, why? Why the Sixers? Why weren't the Hornets chosen as this? Like, they come, come to the Sixers. <laughs>
0: yeah. There on, has yeah. to be
1: something specific about the Sixers where, like, they're, like, hey, they're not going to check or, like, they're involved in it. Like, I just, the, it's simply being like, whatever, we, we're we cool with it. We think they're real. And <laughs> just being like, going and being like, that's, we're done responding doesn't seem acceptable in this sense. Like, so, so if, we, I... if they signed a player and, like, Turns out that he's only. He did have a jump shot <laughs> or not even close, but like had like was missing a torso, then you'd be like, well, that's something went wrong. And they were like, no, no, we, we, we believe that this is what we wanted. Like they should have to answer this. Like they're a company that people are invested in. They like, they represent the city. People care.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like JR, like what are they, you're the Sixers. Like what is their, at, at this point, what is their move on. Um,
2: so, you know, if I'm the Sixers, uh, you know, I think the, the, you know, the joke, I can't see the chat right now, but everybody's probably saying hire a company that specializes in these type of things. Or like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, in, in, um, uh, here are the things that I want to know. I want, if I'm someone in the Sixers completely uninvolved in this, involved in compliance or fact finding or whatever, I want to know Every single step of how this partnership came about. Um, I want to know, um, you know, who was the staffer that was pushing it? If anybody, I want to know, um, you know, like, do we not have a process to screen people whose brand we're going to elevate? And um, right. if so, do we need one? But it's not just the Sixers. I mean, the NBA in their email blast pumped this out as well. Like, I got the you know whatever MBA.com thing it said Sixers announced partnership with Star. right? So um, if I'm the NBA, I'm leaning on the Sixers to look into it. Um, there is a wrong way they could handle this. First of all, like, it, if, if it's an honest mistake uh, or just a bad decision, that's much worse than trying to pretend like there's nothing to see here. Right. right. Um, you know, Blark is the CEO of this company. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's just, it's not... Uh, it, it's 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 not a good look, and I, I worry that that's what's going to happen. Um, so, you know, the the right thing to do is just to sort of be transparent and disclose all the facts of how the partnership came about. Um, I have a feeling, given the sort of hovering probes and, and things like that into some of these companies, that uh, there are regulators that may knock on the Sixers' door and ask them questions. Um, and, you know, they... Great. They should probably preserve all the documents related to these transactions and things like that. Um, You know, and also, like, meet the CEO before you do the partnership. Um, Do you think he exists? It's hard to say. Like, I don't know the exact threshold for demonstrating that you exist to get placed as the CEO on a publicly traded company. Um, But. um, And also the sir. So Honestly, I've seen that before. Had... I've seen it these was... stupid honorifics before where people decide they're going to be, you know, I saw one guy change, one guy in one scheme changed his last name legally to Rothschild just to give himself an air of being one of the Rothschilds, um, like the, the wealthy family. Um, and I mean, people do this sort of stuff. I don't know what compels them to do so, in a in a way like I don't want them to harm anyone, but it's really interesting. Do they do <laughs> so, they generally get away with it? I mean, do people generally get away with it I think there are a lot of like big systemic problems that shield people from scrutiny. I think you know then there are there are tipping points where all of a sudden a certain type of crime becomes trendy to look into and probe um, and everybody's looking at it and like you know, enough so, is enough basically like yeah yeah you know I mean uh, but the SEC is really good at catching. A lot of this stuff. They're really, really good. I think if there are technicalities that allow people to do this stuff legally, that's tough. I mean, so, and then you do get away with it.
1: Who Um, is getting ripped off here? Like, obviously the Sixers, but they're part of it because it's their own fault. But like,
2: yeah. So, so like, who's getting ripped off? I, first of all, I don't, I don't know of anyone who's invested in the company, but essentially, if you are somebody who buys into this penny stock, you know, when it's being, Spike bought a shirt. Um, want... uh, uh,
0: Joe, uh, my brother-in-law, fans of Philly. Joe got it for me for Christmas. I think he got it made. I don't think it was a real. I think he might have gotten ripped up.
2: <laughs> yeah, you that guys... sure might not be real. There, there might need to be some sort of color star bagel. By the way, uh, <laughs> yes, be um, great. That disintegrates. Um, no, they they can put that food coloring stuff they they use in it all the time. But um, you know, so if I'm the Sixers, like. I'm, I'm conducting an internal investigation before anybody knocks on my door, right? Mm-hmm. Because if they wait and are caught flat-footed, someone is going to want to cover their ass if they feel like even it would just be embarrassing. And then the errors can compound, even if no one did anything really illegal or wrong. Mm-hmm. So they should figure out exactly what happened. Um, uh, if I'm like Michael Rubin or Josh Harris or one of these actual real businessmen, I'm like, first of all, Michael Rubin seems to be the one who can actually lean on the other owners from what I understand, uh, you know, based on the, the MB'd paying the, the
0: publicly, publicly, pri- privately, he is a minority owner. And yeah, like, but, but he's a, got a
2: platform for sure. Um, for sure. And if I'm him, I'm saying like, Hey, don't do this. Like, I think he is somebody whose brand, uh, uh, is kind of tied up in the Sixers big time, and you know Apollo, the the, the asset management company that Josh Harris runs, literally not with, specializes not in in looking at you know distressed assets. <laughs> uh, you know they they like should have some good machinery and intuition for figuring out you know this is uh, bullshit. Yeah, like they should be better at it than CJ. You know, <laughs>
1: uh, they should. By I say way, that all the I, time. I
2: uh, I I got so many texts during the. When I was when I was sitting uh, um, last night, and and the the alternate metaverse pod was on, um, and somebody texted me, "Oh my god, I wasted forty five minutes of my life looking at CJ's thigh." Uh, and, <laughs> and somebody else said, "He's so young, he doesn't know about WISP," and then I felt really old.
0: Uh, yeah, he doesn't. Had no just, idea. It's just WISP. very
2: odd.
1: This whole thing is just very. Very odd in a in a sea of odd things that the Sixers always seem to wrap themselves into. And like this is obviously more on like the business side, but if you're Daryl Morey, like you gotta go up to someone and be like, guys, what the fuck? Like I mean he might is this Tad Brown's fault? Is this Chris Heck? Is this the owner's like how someone needs like honestly I, job not, whose job is it to
2: scrutinize Whose
1: job is it to scrutinize and whose and head is going to roll because of it? Like someone should this is a this is like a massive embarrassment. Yeah, I want Daryl to be making
2: I want Darryl to be making some other phone calls right now <laughs> For, to right. some other shit sure. So He shouldn't be wrapped up but, in does this guy uh, exist? But I, you know, one thing I'd say just to plug like the like you know the, the Mike Levin coaching tree of Liberty Ballers reporters that are all at newspapers and have sources and all you know, they should be asking these questions because it's it's in sports scandals, like sports reporters aren't trained in financial investigations, right but they're the ones with the sources and can get the information. I mean, the defector piece was great, but I think it's probably going to take some reporting to, you know, maybe the, the are your own uh, Weitzman. Uh, yeah, your uh, own would be but, great. You know, like really figure out what happened. Um, that's something that I really hope happens. Uh, and, you know, I hope they find out that it's just, a prank or a really poorly run business or something like that. I, I wouldn't bet on that. Um, what's the worst case scenario of
1: like how bad they fucked up?
2: Um, you know, the, the, what would make me saddest is if Joel Embiid were involved. I can tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: I think there's probably a very low probability. I, uh,
2: I studied in Cameroon. So like, I'm really invested in the Embiid uh, storyline, but the worst Mm -hmm. case scenario is that, you know, this ends up that there is some sort of um, wrongdoing or, or something that's that's a violation. And somebody within the Sixers organization with power is complicit because right. then it's going to be a sideshow for a long time.
1: Right. Like they were on um, the list of investors of those names that you kept listing.
2: But I don't think they are. Um, I really hope not. Um, uh, but that's that's what I'm worried about. Um, as a you know somebody who wants the Sixers to succeed, um, but...
0: I, I think that if if I were to offer my uneducated opinion, is I think what happened happened. What what I said probably happened. But when the defector, I, I can even understand them ignoring the CJ thing because it's it's us. We're just we're troublemakers. But when the defector thing comes out, somebody's got to go. You know what? Fucking that's enough. Let's. It's done. It's done. Like uh, this is a a billion dollar company. Are they still like? Are they still like? Yes. The color star is still like the the logo. The- the, the the logo was at the last home game. The the logo was 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 in the, the arena at the last home game.
1: So they're just gonna pretend unless something changes. They're gonna pretend like everything's fine and this is okay. And they're just gonna take their money and hope it just goes goes away and like the SEC doesn't come and. <laughs> stop and be like, hey, you guys are illegally. You should be in able
0: to produce the guy who whose quote is in the press release. <laughs> you should be able to produce prov- provide proof of his existence. <laughs> Nobody can do that. Where the fuck is the CEO? Send us a picture of him holding a newspaper. I did more more due diligence on Jr than they did on the fucking it's just it's unbelievable it it's really
2: a, is block's yeah. company it is a let me let me let me say one thing real quick that i want to make sure i do not stand to financially benefit in any way from you. so here's one of the things that that happens
1: i'm sending you 3.1 million dollars <laughs> cool um uh,
2: is that some of the tobias money yeah, um, I got it. yeah he gave it to me i'll give it to you uh cool um there are these companies out there, and they've done investigations. They're like these little startups where they dig in to a company the way I was to kind of demonstrate that they um, that it's a sham or that it's worthless. Mm-hmm. But they do that while announcing that they're short shorting. They're like in a short sell it. Um, I'm not doing that. I'm not part of that in any way. I'm I'm just uh, just a Sixers you know. fan with 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 like dark web Google. You know, just you know, when I've, I've got too many Ricky shirts to want anything more out of this.
0: <laughs> well, so uh, somebody in the chat mentioned just one other question because somebody in, in the chat just asked this. So I've been I've been looking at the stock since this happened, and a bunch of Ricky people I noticed we have gotten emails. I noticed on Reddit people are like bought this stock for fun, like as a bit. Yeah. But if this is a pump and dump, it's been at like fifty cents since this happened, when does that happen, or is that unpredictable? Like, when does it go up, and when do they sell it, or are they like are they shorting it, or what they, What's happened? What? Yeah. So I don't want
2: to talk about this particular case, like just hypothetically. Yeah, um, hypothetically, there are a bunch of things they can do. You know, so theoretically, if you look at the price around the time there's a big announcement of a partnership or something like that, that's one time. Another time is, you know, and this is this is one thing that happens that with these newer cases, when they buy those things that are called warrants that I admittedly never heard of before, it allows them to buy the stock off market at a certain price for some period of time in the future. So that way, if the price goes up, what they can do is they can use those warrants to cash in on the earlier price um, without having taken any risk, and then sell them right away, um, and that. Drives up the price a little bit more, but then it falls afterward. And then it typically falls because of these private placements, like where they can agree to sell like a shitload of shares to a company at below market rate, um, through a private placement. So, um, it's complicated. Uh, you know, I, I bet it's even more complicated than I think, you know, that I, that that I'm kind of hypothesizing, but, um, Finance is so fucking stupid. Yeah, noted finance guy. So
1: dumb. Um, This fucking business, just like what they're like, changing the company into several things. They don't exist. Private equity is like this is cool. Like this is so. It's all so fucking stupid. Everyone just ripping each other off for money and like pretending like it's like legal and legit. It's insane, and the Sixers should (laughs) feel embarrassed. And, and anyone in private equity should feel embarrassed that like this is who they are. And it's just like, what a stupid, what a stupid fucking thing. What a dumb honestly, like if they had partnered with like a warlord, it would have been like, I get it. I get what they do. I get what they yeah. do. That's what yeah. they do. And that makes sense to me. I but, think like, what this shit is just complicated and stupid and like able to be obfuscated by like different layers of company corporate bullshit that like no one is ever
2: gonna stand behind. It's just all it's all so stupid. So so one of their board members that just joined, I think, is like a general in the UAE. Like Awesome. Military. Awesome. Great <laughs> um, job, it just Josh. Gets funnier. Anyway. Really
0: good. Um, what do they do? I don't know. I, I, One of my favorite things is how unrelenting their commitment to low quality videos and JPEGs is everything (laughs) on their website. And even when you, when you scroll back on their Twitter and they have the videos for the, the, the concert they were putting on or whatever, the videos of machine gun Kelly and who's the other one. Well, so there's
2: Shaq machine gun Kelly, some weird things. Those are people reporters should be trying to get in touch with. Like, right. These are people who've had contact with the, you know, the company and they should, Maybe they'll say, yeah, no, my course is coming out in a couple months or something like that, you know? But, but they're going to be able to give the information that's needed to really evaluate something like this.
1: People just like unscrupulously just like taking money from wherever the fuck and being like, oh, I guess, I guess I'm like party to like Emirati warship.
2: Awesome. (laughs) Emirati warship. Um, Well, (laughs) um, I
1: I don't know. There's no ending to this, but I'm glad that you came on and (laughs) made me more mad. I'm sorry, Mike. It's no, it's, it's a combination of like, obviously it's very funny that the Sixers partner with a company that doesn't exist with a CEO who doesn't exist. um, And now they're pretending like it's all cool. And hopefully everybody forgets like, that's funny. That's great. That's good. I'll take. I'll leave it. I'll, we should leave it. I should accept it as that. And that's fine.
2: Um, well, we nope. okay. uh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, well, I would just say, you know, this isn't my job to look into this stuff. So I'm not going <laughs> to like continue to dive in. I'll probably stay interested and
1: in, just know. on only on Christmases. This is your
0: Christmas <laughs> tradition. Yeah, just, just family holidays. <laughs> yeah.
2: Just family holidays. Um, staring at a screen and ignoring my, my family. Um, uh, but, um, you know, I, I, I would encourage any listeners to take a look at the century, take a look at the stuff that we do otherwise. Yeah. Um, uh, and, um, you know, if, if, uh, people are interested, they can find me on Twitter and happy to, happy to talk to anyone about this sort of work. I,
0: what's your, what's your Twitter?
2: It's mailyjr, M-A-I-L-E-Y-J-R. And, I and the
1: entry is a, it'd be a good for like a, right? like a, so, like a legs or something. Let um, anyone anyone who is involved in in burner day <laughs> exposing yeah Sixers Adam get in there start
2: exposing
0: you know level up a little
2: bit guys yeah we got to go full Dietrich
0: so uh, the 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 Sentry is a a nonprofit right so yeah. we can do well, okay we're gonna make a a donation in your oh, name t- to the Sentry that's um, awesome and uh so thank you Jr thank you uh, George Clooney um obviously <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if Clooney wants
1: to make a, uh, a make a statement on. <laughs> Anything about the Sixers, I he has my full support.
0: Um, thank you, Jr. I really appreciate it, man. This is the fucking. It's been too long since we had the just straight up weird fucking shit with the Sixers. Remember, I want anyone who's listening to remember this is the same organization who had to fire their general manager because he had burner accounts that were disclosing injury information of his best players on Twitter. <laughs> same team <laughs> same organization same team so. god bless all right all right thank you jr appreciate Thanks, it yes.
1: all right thank you ma'am
0: well there it is
1: like that we dissected the sixers magic game and also went deep on these sec filings for yep. <laughs> these fake companies it's such bullshit oh my god so, so good people just going to such lengths to just like be shitty and like yep. rip other people off, just changing companies to be shit. It's, yep. not, it's just it's all such bullshit. And the line of what's legal versus what's illegal is so blurred all the time. Yep. And it's just like it just none of it none of it passes the smell test.
0: None no. of it does. Are you kidding? That... <laughs> Didn't pass if the someone, smell if test. If the sixers asked one question, CJ. they would have stopped. Yeah. the the smell testing happened with CJ. It's like, oh, he just graduated from harvard with a fake degree this year his name is sir and he's a cartoon (laughs) what was it uh destruction something destruction
1: (laughs) what is cj Pop? what was it is it uh is it yeah masters in destruction (laughs) (laughs) i'm getting my masters in destruction that's fine that's
0: all right (laughs) i love it all right we'll talk to you this welcome back mike glad you're feeling better um We then will talk. Thank you, JR. You. Donate to the Sentry. Uh, we will talk to you donate. this weekend. Are oh, you down with TTP? Yeah, you know, lickface. If you don't fuck with me, then, then I, won't
2: I won't fuck, fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me,
0: then I won't, I won't fuck, fuck with you. you.
2: But if you fuck with me, I'm
0: gonna fucking kill you! Time for plan B.